uh, for people who have seen this wave of intolerance. Uh, they wanted a moral victory tonight. Uh, we wanted to see a repudiation of this direction for the country. And the fact that it's this close, I think, uh, is hurt, is, it hurts. It just hurts. Uh, I think people got, people got their hopes up looking at those polls. There were people who were hoping for a big repudiation, and that has not yet come. And a lot of people are hurt and scared tonight. Welcome to another episode of the show. It's me, Justin. And I don't know, I think I'm going to skip the pleasantries for this episode. You guys know who I am. We need to talk about this election that's happening. But we have some updates. A lot of things have happened and we need to talk about it. So this week, of course, your boy Dupree is joining me on this episode. Dupree, how are you? How are you feeling? How are the emotions? What's up with you? I feel a lot better than I did on Tuesday night, I can tell you that. <laughs> Tuesday night, I was nervous. I remember at one point in the night, I think I had called you. I had foggy memory from that point. I'm like, why did I call him? <laughs> what was I even saying? Do you even remember? You were checking in on me like, how you doing? Because I told you I was drinking and I don't really drink anymore. I had a bottle of whiskey saved for occasions like this. <laughs> right. You know, like me and you were talking throughout the entirety of it until probably like one in the morning my time i was scared as shit because virginia was red for like four hours mm-hmm. and i was like yo if biden lost virginia like cancel christmas it's over what was giving me hope throughout the night is that i knew that the majority of mail-in ballots had not been counted yet and that it takes time to process so throughout tuesday night i was like okay you know when the mail-in ballots get counted things will change it's going to be okay my first goal was to not panic but you know that's kind of impossible because Everybody has PTSD from what happened in 2016. And based on how the night was going, it was looking like shades of 2016. All the states that Trump won, he was leading in Florida, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan. I was like, what's happening? Please don't tell me that this is a repeat of, you know, what happened four years ago. I wouldn't call anything encouraging for Hillary Clinton at the moment, to be honest with you, my friend. Wolf, the scene here is so different than it was a few hours ago when people were happy and relaxed. I have been looking around the room at people who are stone-faced. Some of them have been crying. This was a white lash against a changing country. It was a white lash against a black president. Hillary Clinton has called Donald Trump to concede the race. I was like, I can't believe it that at this point it's happening all over again. Were you having the same thoughts? I don't know. It felt a little different than 2016 for me, I guess, because 2016 was like a genuine surprise. Walking into this, it was like, hey, I think I know what should happen here, what's going to happen here. But when you start seeing it unfold, it was like, oh, okay, this is real. Like, I mean, we talked on the episode that came out before this, right? Like, right. And I predicted, hey, I think Biden is going to win and it's not going to be close. And you know what? <laughs> I need, I, hold on. Hold on, though. For, for the listeners, I need to preface something. We're still waiting on votes. It could happen. It could turn out that Biden wins Nevada, Arizona, Georgia, and Pennsylvania. And then technically electoral college speaking, it's not close. It right. will not be a close election. So that prediction could still be true. But I, I thought we would know on election night or the morning after it was a mm-hmm. clear Biden win. And to see that almost 69 million people still voted for Trump after everything that we've seen over the past four years, it's like you're unreachable. You're just a fucking idiot at this point. That's how I look at it. I think that we need to stop, Dupree. We need to stop with this idea of America being a tolerant country, a country where, you know, everybody loves everybody and we see the best in everybody. The majority of this country does not think like that. You know, the majority of this country seems to not care about immigrants. The majority of this country seems to not care about marginalized groups. This country only cares about the individual. And that's showing with what happened throughout the night with all the votes that were being tallied. I was expecting this to be a landslide. You would think that after four years of all this drama, all these headlines, that people would have enough and, you know, go to the polls and send a message to Trump. And that did not happen at all. It says a lot about the country. This is America. And we should stop acting surprised at this point. I don't know how I want to articulate this, but I'm not saying that I'm surprised by America. 
because we know we're black. We know what America is. I'm surprised that there are so many people on the other side. They can't see the forest through the trees. You know, Mm -hmm. there's about to be if it hasn't crossed it already, but there's about to be what, 240,000 people dead from the coronavirus that this man mishandled. Mm -hmm. The economy's in the fucking toilet. Your kids are at home. They can't go to school. They can't see their friends. We can't get together for Thanksgiving and celebrate stuff. There's people that there's grandparents out there. Don't know if they'll ever see their grandchildren again. There's people whose spouse is in the hospital dying and they can't go say goodbye. And these people out here just have so much hate in their heart. I feel like we're going to do a lot of rambling on this episode because we're saying such great stuff. But like, I have a point I want to make. Okay. Um, I was talking to Enrique. Shout out Enrique. One of our faves. <laughs> our faves. You know my favorite word, our faves. We love them. <laughs> and we were talking about people that voted for Trump. And this is different than like if somebody told me back in 08, yeah, I voted for McCain because I agree with his policies more. Okay, cool. That's reasonable, right? That's reasonable. If you tell me you vote for Trump, hey, listen, I'm not necessarily saying that you're a racist or a sexist or a xenophobe or an idiot, but I'm not going to say that you're not one of those things either. And that's just how I feel. Okay, you know what? I think that we also need to check our privilege also. I think that sometimes we have blind spots. We don't do enough reflecting as individuals to understand how people can come to their decisions. We always like to characterize Trump supporters as idiots, you know, people with two teeth. You don't know that. Oh, I love Trump. You know, we characterize these people. (laughs) It's true. We do that. I'm guilty of it. Anybody that listens to the show knows that I love my redneck accent and making fun of Trump supporters. But, you know, Trump supporters, they come from a variety of different backgrounds. Your supervisor at your job is probably a Trump supporter. Your neighbor across the street is probably a Trump supporter. We need to get out of this idea of looking at Trump supporters in a static way. Like, they're all different. And you and I, we are not the norm. We have to stop thinking that we are the norm because we are not. We're black. We're minorities. But we're also minorities in a different way. I would venture to say that the vast majority of Americans do not have a college degree. And when we look at the spread of, you know, what makes up a Trump supporter, a lot of them do not have an education. Because we've been around different people, we come from a variety of different places, we've seen, you know, different people, we've interacted with different people, and all of that stuff, it makes up our worldview. You talk about all the time, you are a changed man. You were talking about when, what's his name, Jenner went through his, you know, transition, you went on a Facebook rant about transgenders. Fast forward years later, and you've grown. You have the knowledge to understand more about trans issues and your mind has changed. There's a lot of people in Montana and all those like podunk places or whatever. They do not see people from a variety of different backgrounds. All they see is their little conspiracies on Facebook and what the chatter is in their small towns. These are Trump supporters and we have to understand why they think the way they do. It's about your worldview and the people that you surround yourself with. I just want everybody to take time out to acknowledge and appreciate that he's called those towns podunk towns. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, listen, on, on a serious note, of course, right? Like, I think that, I mean, I base a lot of my life philosophy off of progression and always getting better and trying to be better, right? I might not have all the answers, but like, I've come on here and I said it before and I live by this, right? I'm a solutions oriented person. If I have a problem, I'm not going to bitch about the problem. I'm going to figure, I'm going to acknowledge that there's a problem and then I'm going to figure out, okay, what are my options to, to solve this problem? And what's the solution here? I don't dwell on things. And you're right. Like maybe we shouldn't characterize all Trump supporters as uh, unintelligent. Right. But, but I didn't say just they're all unintelligent. I listed a bunch of things. Hey, maybe you're a xenophobe. Maybe you're uh, a homophobe. Maybe you're racist. There's a lot of things, a lot of different buckets that you can fit in. Mm-hmm. And you know, unfortunately, like you said, right, there's a lot of uh, wolves and sheep's clothing out there, about 69 million of them. And yeah, we have to, I just think that we have to understand everything. If we continue to say, oh, I can't believe that all these people voted for Trump, we have to understand why. And the Democrats are in a lot of trouble as well, because we're seeing more and more Latino, Hispanic, whatever, Latinx people voting for Trump and leaving the Democratic Party. All of the decisions of the past are finally catching up to Democrats. Hold on. I have to interject there. 
Okay. That narrative is, is being overblown. That happened in Miami-Dade County because there's a high population of Cubans. Cubans have a very, very sensitive relationship with the idea of socialism and anything that is not super capitalism because right. of where they came from. And But overall, Biden got the most uh, Puerto Rican or and Mexican vote of a candidate ever. Everywhere else, he's done amazing. Miami-Dade is not America. No, but that's a segment of America. If you want to cater to this specific audience... Tell them that the Democratic Party is not the party of socialism because hearing socialism, it rings as a buzzword for them, you know, knowing the background of communism that they escaped to America to get away from. You have to find a way to reach out to people so they understand your policies without listening to the fear mongering that's coming from the other side. I think that we have to look at these warning signs and, you know, adapt. Otherwise, we're going to lose like a big segment of the population that will never vote for the Democratic Party. I think that everything is catching up to the Democrats. There's been so many years of Democrats waltzing into the, you know, black community, waltzing to the Asian communities and pandering and then not delivering on their promises. And now it's coming back to Biden because Biden is probably going to win the presidency, but he's going to be the first president in a long time to not have control of the Senate. What is he going to be able to do? Probably not a lot. And it's crazy because the Senate, people don't realize the Senate is just as important as the presidency, if not more important. If Biden can't control Congress, he cannot control any legislation and all the promises that he's making is going to be a moot point. I understand your point of view, but I guess the show wouldn't be called Polar Opposites if we didn't disagree on some things. Exactly. I don't I don't think that the Democratic Party is leaving out people that used to vote for them. The, the people they've lost and actually gained some back this time around are non-college whites, right? The problem is not, or the Democratic Party's relationship with, with the populace. The problem is that 18% of the population elects 52 senators. That's the mm -hmm. problem. Distribution of power is the problem. Right. How long can Lubbock, Texas tell New York City what the fuck to do? How long can East Bumblefuck, Georgia, population 550, tell Atlanta what to do? Mm -hmm. So it is, like I said, my, my, my biggest point that I wanted to get across here and where I disagree with you at is I don't think it's an outreach problem. I think it's a distribution of power problem that 18% of this country elects 52% of the senators. That's a fundamental issue. Right. What, what can you do about that, right? Like, most people, and I don't want to, you know, put people in a box, but most people that are born in Idaho probably never fucking leave Idaho. You think you're going to go in there and run a Democratic candidate and win? You, you, you can't. How much time? What's, what's the return on investment? We see that there's millions and millions of dollars dumped into Texas, and we couldn't turn that shit blue. Millions and millions of dollars dumped into Florida. You couldn't turn that shit blue, and you got a fighting chance there. What's the return on investment of going into Idaho and trying to turn that shit blue? So that's where I'm coming from about it. You know, I think we should focus on the easily fixable problems. There's going to be problems that exist in every single administration. But if we can focus on the things that we can tangibly get to, then we can make a difference. And it starts with communication. When you hear Trump supporters, what do they always say? I like him. He tells it like it is. He speaks to me on my level. They want somebody that they can relate to. So many times the Democrats, you know, nominate all these candidates that do not relate to the general populace of the people that they're pandering to. What's, what's something that you always carry with you? Hot Just sauce. Really? You, yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Are you getting information right now? <laughs> Hot sauce. Hot sauce wow. in my bag, Swag? Hot sauce. Really? Yes. Now, listen, yes. I just want you to know people are going to see this and say, okay, she's pandering to black people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is it working? All those people in Minnesota, all those people in Wisconsin that work in the factories and stuff, they don't relate to all the candidates that the Democrats put up, especially Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton was telling people she's going to shut down coal mining places and all this stuff. I'm the only candidate which has a policy about how to bring economic opportunity using clean renewable energy as the key into coal country. Because we're going to put a lot of coal miners and coal companies out of business. Right, Tim? And we're going to make it clear that we don't want to forget those people. A lot of people's jobs come from the coal mining industry. And is she saying that she's going to take away their jobs? You're not going to want to vote for her. And you also have to communicate clearly your plans. Stop pandering and saying, well, I'm not Trump, so you should vote for me. 
this these days that's not enough that's not good enough anymore to say i'm not trump please vote for me we don't care we know who trump is give us your policies and communicate clearly to the people that you want their votes that's what i'm saying trump has done that easily he speaks to these people on their level and you know he makes it easy for them to understand that the democrats don't do that so you're and i don't want to put words in your mouth but your your argument is that um okay so as we're watching as we're recording this live i just want to give people an update that i just saw uh biden has cut trump's lead down in georgia to 3500 votes wow crazy. we could see tonight that biden turned georgia blue mm-hmm. but to my to my bigger point my rebuttal to what you just said are you suggesting that democratic candidates should dumb it down because Making something easier doesn't mean you're dumbing it down. Look at AOC and how she's able to clearly articulate progressive policies to mass audiences. Follow that mold and adapt that to the larger scale when you're running for president. Here's the thing, right? And, oh, really big alert. Biden has cut the lead in Pennsylvania to less than 65,000 votes with over uh, like 300,000 votes still left to be cast. It's Most coming. Of which are coming from Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. It's coming. Um, but so here's my thing, right? Like you mentioned how the people say, we like how he talks. We like, blah, blah. We, we voted for him. We knew he wasn't a politician. We didn't want another politician. Okay, great. So when your basement floods, call a fucking electrician because maybe you don't want a plumber. It's a, mm. it's a bullshit argument. It holds no weight. The, the, the problem is, look, the, the situation we're in right now with the presidency and everything going on, I am not as, uh, whatever, I'm not even going to go there. Listen, <laughs> this ain't nobody's fault but white people's fault. And that's just the truth because there is a very large portion of white people in this country who feel the changing of this nation. It mm-hmm. looks a lot browner. It looks a lot younger. They don't, they see the power that they have slipping away because for as long as they were born, it might have never even been explicitly said to them, but hey, you just had this this feeling that you know you're better than a black person. You know you're better than somebody who was a person of color. I don't feel like naming all of the people of color, mm-hmm. but you know you're better than somebody that's a person of color. You know, if, if you get in an altercation with the cops and a black person or a person of color does the same exact thing, you, you know the outcome for you is probably going to be a lot better. And they know this stuff. So now that you see that that's being chipped away at and now people are getting equality and equity in this country i i bet that is fucking scary for you you got mm-hmm. a 400 year head start and you see that we're ca- that that lead is it's diminishing yeah i agree with you completely um i want to bring up our beloved obama or let me say your beloved obama um i know i love to bring him up all the time on the show but i think that it's important to talk about him because that was kind of like a watershed moment for america or at least we thought A lot of people wanted to believe that once Obama got elected, that this was now a post-racial society. That was a stupid thing to ever think to believe because this will always be a racial society, no matter how you want to look at it. We were in such a bad state as a country that rather than nominating, you know, a woman that's been around forever to be the president, the Democratic Party decided to nominate a black man with the middle name of Hussein. And this, you know, Islamophobic society, he became president. We were in such a bad state that that was able to happen. But what we were overlooking is that a lot of people were upset when that happened. His election kind of triggered something in white America, like you were saying in your earlier point. They see a black president, they don't relate to him, they, you know, are unfamiliar with him, and it makes them uncomfortable because, like you were saying, the country that they have known and loved for so long is different and is changing. So Trump, he, he tells you that they're trying to change our country, we want to make America great again. That's BS because when has America ever been great? Maybe it's been great for white people or, or some white people, but overall, if you look at... All right. I got to I got to jump in and stop you there. I got to jump okay. in and stop you there. Because what you said is the exact point. It's been great for white people. That message is not inclusive. Make America great again means make America white again. That's all it really that's all it really mm-hmm. means. It's a dog whistle. Honest to God. It's a bullhorn. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what Make America Great Again means. So all these people, they want to return to a time where white people were more dominant before affirmative action and all these programs were instilled to help people get a level playing field. And, you know, we have to reckon with that as a country. This is a white country and they see Trump as their last hope to maintain power within this changing society. And if we don't understand that, then we're lost, you know, as a people. I mean, I I 100% agree with you. I think the term or phrase, whatever you want to call it, post-racial society is just stupid. It makes no sense. Race will always be a factor Mm -hmm. in in everybody's lives because people are different. Right. That's that's the thing it comes down to. Even we already talked. We already covered this on the episode. Even when people are the same, they still want to feel better than somebody else. Remember, we talked about the house Negro versus this field Negro. Hey, right. we both black. We both slaves. But I need to feel good about myself. My skin's lighter. I'm in the house. You doing harder work. I'm better right. than you. People always need to feel better than somebody. Exactly. Dupree would be in the house if we were in those times and I would be in the fields. Like, it's sad that that would be the case. Dupree would be dead. That's what Dupree would be. Dupree would be dead. You would fight back. You would fight back. You're the type that if the white man was talking dirty to you, you would say you would snap back and, you know, have a reaction. You ever seen the movie uh, 12 Years a Slave? Oh, one of my favorite movies. I love that movie. Now, I hope I'm not getting movies mixed up here, but Gabrielle Union's in that, right? No, Gabrielle Union is in Birth of a Nation. Okay, yeah, so in Birth of a Nation, when uh, the master comes because he has guests over and tells the one slave to go get his wife so they could fuck her? Yeah, see, like, that's a moment where Dupree would have died. Mm-hmm. That's just mm-hmm. not happening. Right. That's just not happening. If we go back and talk about all the horrible and traumatic things that happened during slavery, we can have, like, a three-hour-long podcast. But I want to talk about something else. I was telling Dupree that I'm not, you know, a man that looks at the polls. Polls meaning like voting polls, not stripper polls. Don't get any ideas. <laughs> but I don't I don't look at polls. And you're a guy you like statistics, you like numbers, you like data. I say throw all of that in the trash because we're learning again that these polls are irrelevant. The polls were off in 2016. The polls were off again in 2020. And I think that we just have to find a different metric to look at who's going to vote for who. Because I think that a lot of people might lie on those things. I think that it's just inaccurate with who they're testing for the poll. I think that we just need to scratch the system and come up with something else because we're getting a false idea and it's giving people a false sense of hope about the country that they want to see. A poll means nothing if people don't come out to vote. All it is is a metric and it's a failed metric at that. Uh, I agree with you. Throw them all out. Um, it, look, there's a very serious error, error with polling right now and... You know, maybe people are just lying to them explicitly, you know, to fuck with the data. But something is wrong and they need to do a serious autopsy on polling the last two cycles and see what happened. Shit. Believe in the polls had not just me, but everybody thinking, yo, Democrats are about to gain six, seven seats in the Senate. Sarah Gideon got her ass whooped in Maine. Cal Cunningham fucked himself over in North Carolina with that sexting scandal, but he lost. Jamie Harrison raised more money than anybody in Senate race history. Got mollywhopped by Lindsey Graham. They had you thinking those polls were dead even. The the Democratic incumbent in Michigan barely won his race. These people got their asses whooped. And now we're at the point, which is a good thing, that both of those Senate seat elections in Georgia are going to run off in January. Mm-hmm. So let's pray that they both go to the blue side and then we would have a, a simple majority. Well, let's let's talk about actually what happened with all these Senate races. Is it that Republicans understand the stakes of every single election and they ensure that they are going to be voting and taking part in the elections? Do they prioritize elections more than Democrats? Why weren't Democrats turning up in such huge numbers to flip the Senate? Because people don't understand that without control of the Senate... There can be no legislation that passes. And Biden might be the new president. Yay, we got rid of Trump. But what good is it if everything that he was promised or that everything that he's promising is not going to happen because he does not control the Senate? And all your ideas about court packing and making Puerto Rico and D.C. states, it will not happen anymore, at least in the first two years of his presidency. So with with a lot of those Senate races, right, I... I don't know if it's a lack of interest by Democrats. I just think a lot of them were in heavily targeted Republican. A lot of them were 
they were the ones that we're talking about. They were being defended by Republicans, man. And you see that the Republican Party under Trump, it's a cult, right? Like, mm-hmm. if we're being honest about this, looking at the totals that are left in in PA and Georgia, black people are going to win this election for Joe Biden. They're waiting on 70,000 votes from Philadelphia. They're waiting on, uh, I think, 15,000 votes from Allegheny County, which is right outside of Pittsburgh, another black Mm -hmm. area. They're still Mm -hmm. waiting on votes from Metro Atlanta and Savannah in Georgia. Black people have won this election for Joe Biden. Make Mm -hmm. no mistake about it. But to your point, right? So like Maine, the black population there is like 3%. You know, so you needed white people to step up there. South Carolina, you needed white people to step up there. Montana needed white people to step up there. I mean, I could keep going. The list goes on and on. I don't know if it's like name recognition where people say, oh, Susan Collins, I've heard of that name. And then they check off a box. Are people not researching who they're voting for? What's going on? Because it's sad because now, you know, Mitch McConnell, all these people that were on the hot seat, you know, they're they're laughing. They're laughing because they're maintaining control of the Senate and they're going to continue to stop any legislation that a Democratic president tries to, you know, pass through. Um, It sucks. It sucks. Like, so this is kind of a bittersweet thing. I'm happy because it looks like Trump is going to be out of the office. But at what cost? I I don't know how to feel. It's a double edged sword. I mean, you you're very justified in feeling the way that you feel, right? Like either way, our democracy is taking a huge beating right now and is being tested, um, you know, in the likes of which we haven't seen. I, I say right now what we're living through because of the pandemic and this contentious election and America's uh, chickens coming home to roost with everything on race and sexism and the way that people live their lives in this country. You know, this is worse than the 60s. Mm -hmm. But I think our nation is being tested almost as much as it was. And I mean, I can't speak on it because I wasn't there, but I've done enough research on it. And and, because I'm a history nerd, we both are history nerds. This is like the most contentious time since the inauguration of Abe Lincoln, man. This is this is a moment in history. I know I say it on every episode, but this is truly a moment in history. There's going to be an asterisk next to the George Floyd protest, everything with the fallout that happened with that, with this election and the referendum on Donald Trump, or at least that's what it was supposed to be. And I'm just happy that I, I did my part, but I'm just disappointed because this should not be the case. It's stupid of me to, I guess, expect better from America after they elected Donald Trump in the first place. This is embarrassing. When we look back on history, we elected a reality TV star to be the next president. And (laughs) it's just embarrassing. I don't know how else to feel. But with what you were saying about our era right now, every single generation has their their moment of strife and their moment of turmoil. And this is ours right now. I was talking to my friend yesterday. Um, she had a baby last year. And she was telling me that she feels guilty for bringing a child into the world under these circumstances. And I was telling her, you should not feel sorry or ashamed for having, you know, a baby in this era. Because, you know, you can't. We can't stop living life just because it's bad. We can't cower. We can't be afraid. We have to continue living. And most importantly, we have to continue fighting. It's not enough to vote. We have to continue everything that we were doing and keep. we have to keep this going. But I just felt bad that she said that because these are thoughts that people are having. They're regretting bringing children into this world because of the chaos that they're seeing. All of the racist stuff that Trump has added gasoline to. It's making people think like this and it's sad. Trump himself is not the issue. The country has always existed like this. Before, it was in the shadows with, you know, online threads and stuff. And now Trump has emboldened people to say how they really feel out loud. That's all I have for you is a sigh on that. Because it's 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 true, right? Like, this is who we are. Maya Angelou had an amazing quote. She said, there's two quotes, actually. So one is, believe people when they show you who they are the first time. We should have believed America in 2016 when they showed us who they were when Donald Trump won the presidency. But the thing is, like, it's our process is so complicated because the Electoral College, like, yes, Hillary Clinton won three million more votes. And in any other country on this earth, she would be the fucking president. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's not how it works here. Um, so believe people when they show you are who they are the first time. And then one of the things is, like, people might forget the things that you said, but nobody forgets how you made them feel. Right. Mm-hmm. And for people to still be able to vote for this man after the the feelings and the hate, like 
this whole place is a powder keg right now. Like, like you said, yeah, great. We're going to get a Biden presidency. We'll see what happens in the Senate in January when everything's settled in Georgia. But how much more, how much worse is this going to get? Right? Like his people aren't going to go out quietly. He's already talking about running in 2024. He knows that he lost. So I think it's safe for us to say on this podcast, like, yeah, by the time you guys listen to this, it'll probably be official that there's going to be a Biden presidency. Great. Yeah. What what happens then? Are any of his crazy people going to start targeting our officials like they did in fucking Michigan and Virginia? I don't, this is, it's just scary. I feel for all of the government officials that have to have this thought. This should not be you know, a consideration in this country. We have free and fair elections, and so many people are casting doubt on the validity of the election. I see, you know, on all these threads on Twitter, people saying, oh, there's a lot of fraudulent stuff going on. What fraudulent stuff? If you cast a ballot and it is postmarked before election day, it should be counted. You have no control, you know, when it gets there. You know you did your part and it's up to our postal service to deliver it to where it's supposed to be. So the fact that after election day, it cast a shadow on it, it doesn't make any sense. It's another way to suppress the vote. And I hope that there's no legitimacy to Trump trying to, you know, take this through the courts or, you know, do something funny. And then with his packed Supreme Court, they're going to rule in his favor. I hope something like that doesn't happen. Because if we think the riots right now with all these proud boys and maggots are bad it's going to be even more bad if the supreme court rules and donald trump gets to maintain his presidency here's the thing with a lot what i'm hearing from a lot of people who are smarter than me are saying he doesn't have a leg to stand on with these cases if they were to get to the supreme court because in some states he's arguing keep voting i'm catching up and in other places like stop counting because my lead's diminishing a lot of this is just posturing to make him feel better fuck his feelings yeah we're gonna have a biden presidency but you know like and and you know what we should be excited and happy about that but like we got our ass kicked down the ballot everywhere else and that's what sucks like it's like if you got in a in a fight like a brutal fight drag them out fight and it's a fight to the death right you killed your mm-hmm. opponent but you're paralyzed the rest of your life like yeah you won <laughs> but did but did you really you know it's like uh-huh. you didn't come out of there unhurt right. it wasn't a flawless victory People were expecting it to be like David and Goliath and actually, no, the reverse of David and Goliath with the Democrats being Goliath and we're just going to walk in there and crush David. That did not happen. And that was a perfect analogy that you used. But it seems to me that I don't know if people don't take elections seriously or people don't care. I think it's the latter. I think that people don't care. It should be obvious with women because women still voted for Trump after those comments he made on that Access Hollywood tape. People don't care. He was still able to be elected president. And I think 56% of white women still voted for Trump anyway. So they don't care. They like it. I think it's safe to say that they like it. All this brash behavior and all the wild things he says, they love it because they see it as telling it like it is. And that's the America that they want. But what we're you know finding out is that this is America. We should stop pretending that we're something else. Barack Obama was an aberration. I'm just glad that Trump didn't win a second presidency because that would truly say a lot. Believe people when they show you who they are. Uh, that's a lesson I don't ever have to learn twice, man. Like, I knew that he would get a lot of votes. I knew that for sure. My, mm-hmm. my surprise isn't the amount of votes that Trump is getting. It's that my surprise, I guess, would be the Senate. It's like, wow. Me too. Me too. Or, or my surprise is that you're electing people to the House of Representatives that believe in QAnon. And, like, I don't care if I'm beating a dead horse every time I come on here and say it, but, look, if you believe that there's a group of Democrats and celebrities that are killing children, molesting children to stay young, you're a fucking idiot. There's no, I'm not going to be politically correct. I'm not going to be, hey, when they go low, we go high. Fuck that. You're a fucking idiot. Yeah. You need to be examined. And I'm, I'm so glad you said that, Dupree. Because that form of thinking is what got us here in the first place. This turn the other cheek bullshit is why we're in this position. That when someone is cruel or acts like a bully, you don't stoop to their level. No, our motto is when they go low, we go high. Why turn the other cheek? Republicans do not do the same. They play an entirely different game. And we need to either start playing it by their rules or stuff like this is going to continue to happen. I like Michelle Obama. I think she's great. But Democrats always want to be the bigger person. And 
It's not helping and it's not effective at all. When they go low, we go high. Yeah, we went high and then we got Donald Trump. Is that what we really want? When they go low, we go to hell, baby. <laughs> Somebody even said when they go low, we kick them. Like that's that's what we should do. I think it was Colin Powell that said something like that. Amen. Kick the shit out of them. So because that's all they do when we're down. That's all they do when we're down. They kick the shit out of us. Yes, every single time, and they did in the Senate races. What, what people need to understand here, right? And, and I know this is probably the first time anybody's ever said this. Seriously, I don't think anybody's ever said this. So I might be on some profound shit right now. Oh my gosh, here we go. But, but in a sense, in 2016, we were kind of lucky that it was Donald Trump. And here's why. Yes, everything's evil. I will never justify anything he said. And what I'm saying right now is not a positive, but... He's a bumbling idiot. He could not pass legislation, and he had the House and the Senate. If that was a truly evil man, like an, an evil man like him, but was intelligent, so if that was Mitch McConnell, President Mitch McConnell, oh, oh my God, oh, Loving versus Virginia would have been reversed. Brown versus Board would have been reversed. Roe versus Wade would have been reversed. My this is God. hyperbole. We- this is hyperbole. Okay, this is. Uh, let me let me give you the breaks right now. Loving versus oh, Virginia is not going anywhere. I think that Republicans have bigger fish to fry than to reverse, you know, interracial marriage. I think that they care more about abortion and tax cuts than they do reversing what should be a landmark Supreme Court case that granted people the right to marry whatever race that they wanted to marry, which is crazy that that was a law up until 1967, I believe. This is America. It was a law up until 1967 but no i mean like listen my personal feelings aside that's not why i brought that up i'm just saying race Uh relations anything that is helping black people yeah that shit would have been gutted voting rights act done civil rights act done if there was an evil intelligent man in power he's a bumbling idiot he the only thing he got passed in the two years was in the two years where he had control of all of congress was that tax cut we're lucky Mm -hmm. that's the only damage he did legislatively I mean, I wish that were the case, but I think that his legacy is going to be what he did to our courts, not only the Supreme Court, but the federal courts, packing it with far right extremist judges that will stay on the court for a lifetime. That'll be his biggest legacy. All federal judges are nominated by the president, but then have to be confirmed by a vote in the Senate. And after the 2014 election, Republicans gained control in the Senate and Mitch McConnell stopped holding votes on nearly all of Obama's court picks, from the Supreme Court all the way down to the district courts. So when Trump took office, not only did he have a ton of vacant seats to fill, he had a Republican-controlled Senate to help fill them, quickly. In fact, Trump has appointed more circuit court judges in the first half of his first term than any other modern president. And I think that Trump has a bigger legacy than Obama. That people might be uncomfortable with that, but that is the truth. He has done more in just a in just one term than Obama did in eight years. He maximized the power that he was granted based on the people that voted for the senators, and he he utilized it. He utilized it. He had smart people telling him what to do. He got the most out of one term. I wish Obama had that same energy when he got in, because we might not be in this position. Um, hindsight, of course, is twenty twenty, but we can't lie to ourselves. His legacy is going to outlast Obama, and that's a reality that we have to live in. Here's where I disagree about you said Obama coming in with the same energy as Trump, right? You, in, and I'm going to use your own words against you, right? You said that Trump is an aberration of the Obama years. You know, those people feeling, yeah, there's a black man that's the most powerful man in the world right now, and they're fleeing to hold on to their either their conscious or subconscious racism of feeling like they're losing their country. If Obama would have went super hard and pushed as hard as Trump did in his in in going the Obama way, don't you think like a civil war would have broke out? No, because I don't. As much as, as much as no, listen, as much as they want to call us crybabies and snowflakes and libs, they're the same fucking crybabies. That's how the whole Tea Party got started. They're fucking crybabies. They're sore winners and even worse losers. I I mean, I disagree. I think that obviously with the race aspect, whatever Obama does, it's going to be controversial either way. I think that when you have power, it's your job to execute 
on that power. And I think that it might be fair to say that maybe the American people saw that we had a super majority in the Senate and they were like, man, you know, with all this power, why aren't you exercising it to get some stuff done? He was playing nice with the Republicans. Then two years later, I think he lost the House in a huge wave. Time is up. Time is up. Things were never the same. And I think that's a lesson that we have to learn. When you are given power by the American people, it is your job to do something with it. Don't play nice with people who are not going to play nice with you because that's a losing game. When we when they go low, we go high. Now look where we are. Well, I already told you I disagree with that, right? We go to hell. (laughs) But something I do want to talk about with you when we recorded on uh, our last episode, um, you know, we just didn't have the time to get to it. What's up with these black men, these rappers that are out here cooning for Trump? I mean, do you consider it cooning? Why do you Um, think that Ice Cube and Lil Wayne and niggas of that ilk are on the Trump train? Black people have traditionally always supported the Democratic Party. And I think that rappers and entertainers, they're really not that smart. I feel like it's a false way to look at the world. Just because you have a lot of money, that doesn't mean you're intelligent or smart at all. That It means what it means. You just have a lot of money. So people with a lot of money, they have a lot of access to headlines and stuff. And sometimes they utilize it. I think a lot of celebrities think that by supporting Trump, they're more woke than the Democrats. Or they actually read and understand things. But in reality, they don't. If Donald Trump truly was the president that helped black people, what policies did he actually use to help us? He says that besides Abraham Lincoln, he's the president that has helped black people the second most. How? In what way? I don't understand where they get that worldview from. You just stated a falsehood. What's the falsehood? He said maybe Abraham Lincoln. He didn't say he was second place. He said he might be first. Nobody has done more for the black community than Donald Trump. And if you look, with the exception of Abraham Lincoln, possible exception, but the exception of Abraham Lincoln, nobody has done what I've done. I I am the least racist person. I can't even see the audience because it's so dark, but I don't care who's in the audience. I'm the least racist person in this room. I don't know. I I think that this guy is crazy, but celebrities supporting Trump I think that it's it's a selfish thing. Celebrities are in a different tax bracket than you and I, so they're looking out for their bottom line. Anything that benefits them in any way, they're going to maximize it. So Ice Cube, I don't think he's even read the Platinum Plan. If Trump really cared about black people like he said he does, why hasn't that Platinum Plan been you know signed into law or whatever now? That's my question. You, He hasn't signed the Platinum Plan into law or whatever fuck he wants to call it. He's never even released a fucking healthcare alternative to Obamacare that he's trying to kill in the courts. He don't give a fuck about black people. He don't give a fuck about sick people. He don't give a fuck about nobody but himself. That's why he's going so hard trying to delegitimize this election because he knows shit's about to get real for him. Southern District of New York been waiting for that ass. And that's not even talking about the federal charges that'll probably be brought against this man. He knows, hey, after I leave this place, I'm probably going to jail. So that's why he's holding on so tight. I think celebrities are stupid. Anybody that listens to the show knows that I don't care about celebrities. Even on my Instagram, I don't follow a single verified account because I don't care. They don't really add value to my life. This guy's a hipster. This guy's I'm not a, a hipster. hipster. I'm telling the truth. I am. I don't follow any verified accounts because that's not who I am. I don't care about materialistic things. I don't care about watches and gold chains and blings and Hermes bags and stuff. I don't care about any of that. I care about the things that actually matter. You know, it's great to go to a concert. It's great to enjoy listening to these artists on my Apple Music or whatever. But other than that, they serve no purpose in my life. We need to get out of this thinking of believing entertainers are going to save us. The entertainers just because they have a big platform that means that they're smart and they know what they're doing a lot of these people have handlers a lot of these people are stupid some of them didn't even graduate from high school it is what it is i I agree with you right like i don't give a fuck about what's going on in people's lives that i know personally for the most part (laughs) so i don't give a fuck about no celebrity that could care less about me that you know in a day or two could make more than i make in a year Mm-hmm. You know, what I, mean? like, I don't give a fuck about. I don't give a fuck what's going on. The, keeping up with the Kardashians, I ain't keeping up with shit about y'all bitches. <laughs> I could care less. It's I, true. I, and that's just the truth of it all. Like that's it's how true. I feel. So I'm with you on that. It's and true. like I think that you made an excellent point. A lot of these guys are 
Lil Wayne probably didn't even finish middle school, man. Like, any degrees he has from universities are those honorary things that they give out to famous people. Right. Um. So, no, I'm not taking my advice from fucking Ice Cube or Lil Wayne or 50 Cent. Like, get the fuck out of here. None of that shit matters. Y'all go ahead and coon and tap dance for y'all dollars, man. Like, that's how I look at it. I do want to transition a, a, a topic. You know, this might be the last thing we talk about, but I definitely want to talk about it. This cannot not be talked about. Okay. A listener of the pod who has, you know, come over here and started listening to Polar Opposite since I've been featured on here. Mm-hmm. She was a supporter of the old John. She said she hit me up and was like, hey, I got something for you to talk about. And I said, all right, hit me with it. Let me know what's good. We all we love free. We love free topics. We do. <laughs> Doing the work for us. We love to see it. We love to see it. Honest, honestly, anybody listening, hit us up. We will read shit anonymously on here. I think that's super interesting. We won't put your business out there. Dead ass. Like, I'm, I'm not for that. She was like, my cousin, who was a black female, is engaged to a white man. He told her the day after the election that he voted for Trump. Mind you, mm-hmm. the day before was his birthday. So she had this whole romantic dinner for him and all this shit. Next day, this man comes out his lips and said, Hey, uh, I voted for Trump. I mean, I don't know the just the conversation, but that's what happened. And, mm-hmm. you know, she was like, hey, what's your opinion on this? I said, as obviously, and I'm sure all your listeners know because you try to, like, get at me about, but I am in a, in a racial relationship, right? Mm-hmm. If my significant other came and said to me the day after election, hey, I voted for Trump last night. That's not love. You don't love me. It's over. Mm. I, not, a, not a hesitation in my mind. This shit's done. Really? This ain't a relationship no more. How long yes. have y'all been together? Yes. Seven years. Seven years? Yeah. And after that knowledge, that's enough for you to end a seven-year relationship? Yeah, because you don't, you, don't love, you don't love me the way that I deserve to be loved. Because if you can support that man and the stuff that he can do to my life and the opinions that he has of me and his followers have of me, you don't love me. Hmm. So, yeah, I'd walk away from it. You know what I'm going to say? I think that relationships, friendships, everything, it's a vetting process. People don't do enough vetting when it comes to people that they want to spend the rest of their life with. I think that this is something that this girl should have known or picked up on at least. That's It's just not every day that somebody's like, you know what, I'm going to vote for Trump. Why do you think the way you do? And I guess the interracial element of it complicates things even further because interracial relationships aren't for everybody because it's a lot. I'm sure you have stories of things that you had to go through in your relationship. There's a lot of hurdles to jump through. There's a lot of vetting that has to happen on both sides. What are your parents like? What political parties do your parents support? What did they think of black people? These are important questions that you need to know before you ever decide to get engaged to somebody. Relationships are different. Let me just say that. But I think that people really need to spend more time looking at the details of the person that they're with. But I guess at the end of the day, you never really know somebody. I guess the more time you spend with somebody, you start to find out more about them. And I think that... (laughs) I think that that's that's obviously a deal breaker. You would want to know why they decided to vote for Trump, especially when they're with somebody that's black. That's concerning to me. That's, I don't know, I would not trust them after that. And I would have serious questions. Oh, so here here was my rebuttal to that, too, because I had this. I told my, obviously, I'm going to tell my girlfriend about this. And no, guys, she's not a Trump supporter at all. Um, Are you sure? (laughs) 100% positive. There's not not a question about it. And like my whole thing was like this guy took a serious L because it's not like that woman looked him in his face. It's to my knowledge that that woman looked him in his face and asked him, who'd you vote for? Right. Because I mean, that's already showing cracks in the foundation there. She should just be assuming that your man rides. Y'all ride together on types of things like this. And he didn't have to tell her shit. Even if she asked that's some shit you just take to the grave for her. That might be a blessing that this man came out and told her this because listen i mean this with everything in me i couldn't continue that relationship i just couldn't is, is it something about trump specifically if it was any other republican like john mccain or george w bush would you have an issue with it would that be a deal breaker or is it you know trump specifically no you you have the right to vote for whoever you want to in this country and like i said earlier in this podcast if somebody told me, hey, I vote for I voted for McCain, I'd be like, OK, you just disagree with Obama's policies, maybe like unless you come out and say some wild racist shit. But like, 
I can understand that and I can respect that. Hey, we have a difference of opinions on some things, and that's fine. That's what makes us great as humans. You told me you voted for Romney. Okay, great. You must like his economic plan better than you like Obama's. Oh, but I can show you facts that support Barry, but whatever. I don't even want to get into that. You tell me you vote for Bush. You tell me you vote for Bush the first time. Great. Our country was at a crossroads, right? Were we going to continue with Democrats for four more years? Or are we going to see what a Republican can do? But if you told me you vote for Bush the second time, that's not a deal breaker. I don't. I question your intelligence. There's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once. Shame on Shame on you. It fooled me. We can't get fooled again. But that's not a deal breaker for me. But you tell me you vote for Trump, like I said earlier in the podcast, right? Full circle moment. Ring the alarm, guys. Yes, full circle moment. I'm not saying that you're a racist or that you're stupid or that you're a xenophobe or that you're a bigot or that you're a sexist. But I'm not I'm not so sure that I can say that you're not any of those things anymore. Mm. And that's what my fundamental problem is with it. Mm. I, I just don't think I don't know how you can look at that person the same way. There's something about supporting Trump that just rubs people the wrong way. Um, it should be obvious to a lot of people. But I don't know. We are a divided country and cunt or as a cunt. Trump has further, you know, divided our country. There used to be a point in time where, you know, political ideology really didn't matter. That's not the case anymore. And now people have to do a lot of vetting and would y'all engage in a relationship with somebody that's a Trump supporter? Does it matter to you? Can you see beyond that? What reasons would justify you staying in a relationship with a Trump supporter? I would be genuinely curious to know what some of you guys out there think. It's a hard predicament. So, so and I mean, the listener, my friend, you know, she was telling me about this. And she was like, this kind of like fucks up the relationship I have with my cousin because how am I supposed to be okay with the guy that she's with now, even if she's okay with it? Like, I'm supposed to be in this wedding, and, like, I don't want to be in any parts of this. And I'm like, that's mm-hmm. deep. Yeah, mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. I think that this person should have been able to see some signs. I just think that in life, sometimes we see a sign, and we choose to ignore it. I wonder how many red flags she chose to ignore, and it took him telling her that he voted for Trump to realize that, you know? I feel like she would see signs in the parents. I feel like she would see signs in the siblings and the friends. Something like that just doesn't come out of the blue. You don't, if I don't know if he was liberal or not, but you don't go from liberal to supporting Trump overnight, like having an epiphany. To me, it doesn't work like that, so... That does not happen. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen unless he works in the coal industry and he needs a job, (laughs) then I can justify that. But I have a feeling that that's not the case. It's not the case. (laughs) He's super big on fracking or something, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Let's hope that's the case for the sake of that relationship. But that's an interesting question. What do you guys out there listening think? Because we gave our opinions on it, but I'd be interested to know what you guys think. Um, and, and send us more send us more questions this is fun yeah. to talk about this especially when it's somebody else's life, life and not mine <laughs> <laughs> that's when it's fun to talk about it exactly it's easy to give advice when you yourself are not going through the situation but when you're not hey i would do this i would do that <laughs> i mean big facts yeah it's easy to speak from a place where the outcome don't affect you <laughs> you know what exactly I mean? exactly well, i feel depressed to be honest like This country is what it is. It's showing its true colors. Trump has allowed people to reveal themselves and some people are doing it spontaneously and out of the blue. We love to see it. Show us who you are. Show us the full picture because you can't hide anymore. These days, we want to know who you voted for and we want to know why. That's the thing I've challenged all these maggots that decide to to get at me about is show me why. Tell me why. Tell me how he's affected your life in a positive way legislatively i mean you don't need to blow any dog whistles to let me know that you 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 tinge towards the racist side just talk to me about legislation and what he's done for Mm -hmm. you and then you know it's a lot of crickets after that Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. like i said sometimes in this life you need people remind you who the fuck you are and i i am very firm in who the fuck i am i ain't having these conversations with people no more man if you want to if you want to talk to me about what trump has done and the first thing you bring up is obama let's not have this conversation because it's <laughs> don't got shit to do with barry if you want to talk to me about QAnon, i might report you because you need mental help <laughs> so don't come at me sideways no more 
I've been done. Since 2016, I don't have the energy to explain anything to anyone. The information is out there. It's just up to you if you want to listen or not. But the truth is clear. And if you want to believe in alternative facts, if you want to believe in all these conspiracies with they're just, you know, creating ballots out of nowhere, these people are really crazy. And what Trump has done to truth, to facts, to science is something that is going to be interesting to watch in the Biden presidency. So he has a lot of stuff to undo. And unfortunately, he does not have the power in Congress to get those things done. So, um, yeah, I think I didn't agree with what you said about Trump being I don't remember the word you used, but something more than Obama, right? Like, yeah, His he's legacy? definitely more consequential. Well, right. So what you the, the lasting thing about Trump is that people don't trust what they see or hear anymore. I know. I know. And that's the biggest problem. This We're living in the book 1984. Mm-hmm. Like Trump has lit, literally said to people, oh, that's a video of you saying this. No, it's not. Don't believe that. It's fake news. And people believed it. That is the biggest mm-hmm. legacy that he has discredited anything that disagrees with him. This and guy. That's scary. This guy, this is why we love Dupree. I think that's probably the best point of the episode. People said that after Obama, we were in a post-racial society. I think that we are in a post-facts society where people no longer believe facts anymore and they believe what they want to believe, whether it be right or wrong. And that is going to be a lasting consequence. And I hope that it doesn't last long. But, you know, that is the truth. And you said the truth just now. People no longer believe in science. People think that wearing masks gives them corona. People really do that. There was, I don't know if it was a senator or a governor or a representative that was like, I think me wearing the mask gave me corona. What's wrong with these people? (laughs) It does not make any sense. Oh my God. Wearing the mask gave me corona. It doesn't make any sense. Now protecting yourself is now a political statement. So is next Germex a political statement? Is vaccine... Well, we already know vaccines are a political statement, apparently. But that's the reality right now. Conspiracy theories are now given more weight under the Trump presidency. And that's a reality that we're now living in. Yep. You can prey on unintelligence. (sighs) Man, that's the thing, you know? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. The resources are there for people to get educated, but sometimes that's not enough. You and I, you know, have college degrees. Most people don't. And I'm not saying that having a college degree makes you not a Trump supporter. I'm just saying when you surround yourself with people from different walks of life, it makes you more knowledgeable about the world around you. It makes you more tolerant. I've grown, you've grown, and it's great to progress through life. But if you're stagnant, if you choose to believe what you want to believe, you'll never change. And that's what we're seeing. People would rather continue that mindset than to see things from the eyes of somebody else. Exactly. Life is about progression and growing and moving forward and just trying to strive to be to be better. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) I I feel like we just went through some therapy. This was an off my chest extended version. You called it something earlier throughout the week. I don't know what you said. (laughs) I mean, this this is basically just a get off my my chest special. You know, we're just running get off my chest specials right now. We're trying to this is therapy for for Justin and I. And we're trying to help you guys get therapy, too. If it helps, you know talk back to to the episode you're listening to obviously we're not going to be able to answer you because it's already recorded but like have a conversation with us in the car whatever helps you stay healthy right now exactly do what you gotta do do what you gotta do but that's a perfect segue um i'm pretty active on social media y'all feel free to you know reach out to the podcast page follow me on my instagram follow dupree on instagram this is just us ranting this week i hope you guys got something out of it it felt good to just speak some truth on the show i always want to be honest and tell you guys where i'm coming from and hopefully y'all relate to that the world is not black and white there are shades of gray to everything and i think that when we understand that we can hopefully you know move forward as a society so let's hope that that continues to happen dupree um any last words before we close out the show (sighs) let's just i mean the nightmare isn't over right guys the nightmare is not over we still need uh, justin's favorite thing Hold people accountable. We still need to hold motherfuckers accountable. Yeah. We still need to make sure that we can get as much change done for the betterment of humankind. Mm-hmm. Period. Point blank. Especially black people, too, because we're still trying to catch up. But we need to make sure we're able to make 
these progressions in life and we still got a lot of fucking work to do um so let's go out there and do it the fight continues um y'all continue to stay safe y'all don't indulge these maggots and proud boys stay home your safety is more important than anything let people be stupid you know you can't control what other people do they're gonna make their own decisions and that's that but y'all be safe keep away from the maggots yes keep away you got to keep away from them but um y'all enjoy the rest of your week thank you for listening subscribe tell a friend to tell a friend follow on spotify leave a rating leave a review tell me what you think of the show and as always we will catch you guys on the next one y'all enjoy the rest of your week wear a mask wear a mask <laughs>